Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Four pivotal, I felt pivotal relationships that God has uh, brought into my life. Um, and I'll just name them. Would you like to know their names? Four pivotal relationships. And, you know, I didn't grow up with a father. You know, I, I actually didn't grow up with a lot of great relationships. I grew up very lonely, actually. My mom will tell you this. Uh, they were questioning me, especially in my 20s. Like, is he okay? I was very socially awkward. I didn't date much. If I went out to a restaurant, I was always alone. My wife is like, uh, I don't know. I went on some dates before, but she's like my first real girlfriend, you know? So uh, God used distant relationships, but people that I viewed in a fatherly way in some way or another. And God will do that with you if you struggle, whether you're male or female. God will send people, pivotal people in your life to, if you're open to it, and if you ask them. They may not be there in the physical, but maybe they're standing in a pulpit 20 feet away from you on Sunday morning, or maybe they're online. For me, the most pivotal relationships uh, I saw, it was like the Lord showed me. Has that ever happened to you where like there's this aha moment and you're like, this is why that person was sent in my life? You ever had that? Well, first was Pastor Guy Ionello, who runs more like a deliverance discipleship house. He helps people get free from drugs and alcohol and really teaches them warfare. So Pastor Guy Ionello, I had a relationship with him, still do to this day. About 10 years, I went to the very same church. Every Friday night, you guys hear me talk about it a lot. Um, he taught me warfare and freedom, how to maintain freedom, how to live a life of freedom in Christ. And the next four or five years, uh, my, my pastor, uh, Pastor Zachary Timms, actually, we grew into a very, very large church. I think at that point there was, I came, it was about 4,000 people. And by the time I left, I think um, there's 10,000 people on every given Sunday. And he taught me faith. And so, but throughout all those years, I really needed a pastor, like someone to pastor my heart. And this is a voice that's been a part of my life. And still, even though he passed, uh, was it last week? Uh, still my pastor at heart, somebody who shepherded my heart. You wouldn't know it how I preach, but I listen to his content, some of his sermons and his daily devotionals almost every single day since I was a 17-year-old boy and I'm a 38-year-old man now. And that was Dr. Charles Stanley, uh, an amazing, amazing pastor, somebody who influenced my life who continues to influence my life un until this day. And then, so I saw Pastor Guy taught me warfare, how to walk in freedom, how to walk and administer deliverance in people's life. Zach, Pastor Zach taught me faith, how to believe God for big things. And I saw how Dr. Charles Stanley uh, helped shepherd my life through audio, through devotionals, through his books. And, but somebody who really helped um, give me an opportunity. Well, actually, there's five people. An opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. See, all none of these guys gave me an opportunity. 
But, but Dean Blankenship, I remember when he had a church, he was pastoring a church. He's still a pastor. Uh, but I remember him having a congregation and the first time I really got a call for somebody to allow me to preach at their church was, was Dean Blankenship well over a decade ago. And he actually invited me back <laughs> again and again and again and again. And so uh, Dean Blankenship gave me an opportunity and then I met Rick Watts years later, I guess close to 10 years ago, I guess it's been about eight years. And he showed me how to govern and guard my heart and how to have a whole heart. Do you know what I mean by a whole heart? Not just to be a Christian, not just to go to church, not just to be a minister of the gospel, not just to believe God for big things or walk in deliverance, but to maintain that deliverance and walk in freedom in your heart. And so this is somebody who's been an incredible blessing to my life. I think he's a blessing to this house. And uh, so I'm going to have a conversation uh, with him. I'm going to show you what it looks like behind closed doors when him and I have a conversation about some things. Would you guys like to hear us have a conversation this morning? Can you welcome Rick Watts? Wait a minute. Where's the boxing gloves? <laughs> have a seat. You behave yourself this morning, okay? I'll try. Let me give try. let me give a little quick introduction uh, before I, I ask you some questions because I not only do I value our relationship, um, but I, I believe I my heart is in the condition that it's in today from a healthy standpoint. When I even first started the church four years ago, four years ago, I don't know if it was in the the condition it should have been, but God used people. God used difficult relationships to help shape my heart. And uh, I think that's largely due to your influence uh, in my life. So I want to publicly thank you and acknowledge that in front of these people. And uh, so thank you. Thank you so much. And one thing else also. Go ahead. I'll let you respond. Should we tell them just briefly how we met? Yeah, go ahead. How about you tell them? So just super briefly, we, um, when I was a part of Orlando House of Prayer, we had... Um, uh, with Pastor Keith, some of you know him, uh, we had the, uh, like an outreach, a weekend outreach where you, you went to a hotel and all that. Restoration yeah, that's what it was, Restoration Weekend. And we do inner healing. It was group inner healing. But uh, Donnie was my roommate because they always put a counselor. Yeah. Uh, they were, yeah, they, and I already had counsel, a lot of counseling experience. Well, not a lot, actually, but a, but, but a pretty good bit. And so he was my roommate, and they put it, uh, so I'm the, I'm the counselor, he's the, the receiver. So <laughs> we weren't supposed to do this, but we did. Somehow we broke a rule back then. But anyway, uh, we, uh, we, well, we found out later that it was breaking a, a rule afterwards, actually. But we went down. Well, you were the leader. It didn't bother me. You were the one breaking the rule. Yeah. <laughs> we really. sat in that car. We went downstairs to the car. And to let the guy sleep in the in the room because there was, we had another roommate and we sat in the car yeah. and he he taught me heart healing for about three hours. We well, stayed I, up. I and, did ministry on his heart and, and take, took him through some inner healing, some deeper stuff uh, that I had learned than, than he was going to get at the meeting. And uh, that was so that was the beginning of how we met. That's right. That's right. And you haven't been able to get rid of me since. <laughs> and I haven't been able to get rid of you since. I'm going to tell this part. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to embarrass them a little bit. All right. But I, I, was, I was somewhat a, a little bit of a beginner, not a brand new beginner. So you were practicing on me? Yeah, yeah. He was my guinea pig. 
but but I was like into it for a little bit, maybe a couple years into this. It was called Restoring the Foundations Ministry. Anyway, but I I was just like after so many appointments, I said, God, what what should I do with this guy? This is the hardest guy. I don't know. He he keeps calling me and calling me. I don't know what else to do with this guy. He's the hardest guy I ever dealt with. <laughs> it is true. Tell him about. The, give him a little brief on that. You can tell on me because I'm I'm. What? I'm a new man now, but now you tell him a little bit of what that looked like. Well, it was just face to face, but then he would, he would, he would call me. Uh, a lot. Uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot of phone emergency nine one one calls, like. Uh, like put out the fire calls. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a lot of maintenance. Relationship issues. That's you right. Know, and all that. Yeah. The first year was total war. With my marriage total war we even though it was well oh yeah it was before marriage we were in war golly i don't even know how we made it to the altar but we did rick did rick drug me to the altar okay i'm gonna tell that i didn't, didn't know i wasn't sure if i should should tell this story oh. i'm gonna tell it then go ahead so so at one point he said rick with all these problems that stephanie and i are having wouldn't you as a counselor say you hold off on the on the uh, in the wedding because they had to, all all the plans are already and I said Donnie with most people I would say yes but with you God is saying quit running from relationships get in there and do it <laughs> that's exactly right which leads me to and that's funny that was the Lord that we kind of opened that can because uh, him and I I feel that we are pretty much the poster boys of what dysfunctional and reconciling relationships looks like, right? I feel like the Lord put you in my life and me in your life because one thing that we, we have found out that intimacy and to ha having a good heart doesn't come easily, you, you truly have to war for it. Like, I, I wanna ask you questions and I'm, at, I'm gonna ask for a show of hands, okay? Can I do that? You're like, well, ask me first. Just obey your pastor. That's it. No, kidding. How many of you have at least one relationship? At least one. You may have more. One relationship that you've had for an extended period of time. There has been difficulty. There's been trial. But there's also been triumphs. And you can say that this is an intimate relationship where I can, I can go to this person and I know they will tell me the truth. They may cut me. They may hurt me. But this person cares about me. They will go back to back with me. They will pray for me. They will do warfare with me. They will fast alongside me. They will believe God with me. How many have that real relationship? I'll just show of hands. Okay. Now I'm going to give a percent. I'm going to give a percentage. 5% of the room just raised their hand. And, and this is why months ago, you came to me months ago. We have not one individual circumstance we can talk about right now that highlights this relationship piece that we're going to talk about. I'm seeing it literally across the board. And one thing that is not talked about a lot in the body of Christ is what we call covenant relationships. There's a difference. There's a difference between relationships because a lot of us, you have relationships at your place at work. You have relationships with your kids at home, right? You have a totally different relationship here at church where you just see like that church relationship with people. I call those relationships. But God made us 
to be, there's certain human, there's needs that he designed us to have. I mean, come on. What is the very last picture in the Bible of what God is going to do? He's going to sit down with his people at something called the marriage feast of the lamb. And he has a giant family. Now, why does God climax this? I'm going to try not to preach. Okay. You can just stop me or nudge me. They're going to see if you kick me though. Just like, you know, give me that eye, that twitch. He, the whole body of Christ is climaxing when we get to heaven to this marriage supper of the lamb. Now, what does that represent? Intimacy. Because it's at the dinner table. How many look forward to dinner in the evenings at home? The moms are not raising their hand because they're like, no, I'm not looking forward to it unless I'm making mac and cheese and hot dogs because I have to cook. Because what the reason even Jesus, his whole ministry was revolved around breaking bread, talking, praying, singing hymns, because that's a place where we talk about life our day. It's a place where we get intimate with one another. It's actually dinner represents family coming together in covenant. And that's what we want to talk today about is, is marriage or relationship that could be friendship, like covenant relationship. I want everybody to say this, covenant relationship. And there's some scriptures I want to, I want to go over, but before we do, can you tell them what your definition of covenant relationship is? Just give me a general. There's a, okay, I have to think. Let's see. So covenant relationship, basically, uh, if, if you look at a blood covenant, uh, it, 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 the blood covenant, I'm not going to go into the blood covenant, but basically a covenant was unto death. Even, I don't know if, wow. how many of you remember in, in Genesis 12 where Abraham made a covenant with God. They split two calves, it was kind of gross, uh, in half, and he walked in the middle, and it meant, uh, and, and people did that, it meant if, if uh, I break covenant, the, uh, you will, one of us will become like that. <laughs> in other words, it was, you know, they swore by their own blood unto death. There was no end for covenant. So no matter what the person does or doesn't do, uh, it's unto death. You know, in marriage we say it, but we hardly any many people. Uh, uh, what do they say? They say uh, um, no. They say for better or for worse, and most people are like, "Well, how worse? <laughs> what kind of worse are we talking about?" <laughs> so, so what you're saying is this doesn't just apply to death to this part for for marriages, this applies to friendships. And I, and I think that we have done, I mean, we've almost sent each other to heaven a couple of times. No, it wasn't that bad, but, but, but I see that becoming a reality in our friendship. And I have to, can I say this? I think that was beautiful what you just said, because that applies to personal friendships. You know, most people are just ready to get out of a friendship at Look at how Satan has used social media. Like if someone doesn't like our page or, or, or they post something indirectly, like we're ready to just defriend them, like not just on Facebook, like just across the board. And I feel like how different you and I are. Like you're in your saged patriarch age, 
right? Sage, wisdom, well-aged, mature. I mean, we don't eat the same foods. I mean, I couldn't even imagine, you know, like he eats some things that are just, it gives him energy. I'm like, okay, but I like steak. He doesn't like steak. Um, I kind of like skinny jeans at times. He likes loose jeans. Uh, like even the way that we worship God in certain songs we like, like we have all these things that give us all the reasons to divide. But one scripture I thought about this morning that I feel is the most important element to our relationship, which is why I would call you one, one of my best friends. I really would. This scripture that says, one thing I have desired of the Lord and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And me and you share that common denominator like, like I've never seen. Like I know you have a heart for the Lord. I have a heart for the Lord. And I've seen our friendship blossom, intimacy blossom, and the Lord bless. I mean, I remember when we were working through a difficulty and you and I stood outside and we're face-to-face talking in literally the presence of God outside. Not in church. Not with a ham and bee. Not with keys. Not with a pad. Not with a worship song. And the Lord literally, me and him are almost about to fall back. We're literally feeling the glory and presence of God because of the relationship, the purity, the truth that was in the relationship. And when Jesus came to the earth, this is, you want to know what creates covenant relationships? Listen what Jesus said. I'm going to read the scripture. I want you to tell me what you, what you think about it. I want you to make this note, John chapter one, verse 14 through 17. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the father. Full of guess what? Full of what? Grace and truth. Intimate relationships require not just truth because it's all, if it's always just truth, you're constantly wounding each other. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And some relationships are just truth. Like, that's just how I am. I'm just salty. Let me, let me say this. So okay. Because well, a lot of people don't know what grace is. Uh, here's how I say it. Give them some grace space, uh, you, you know, for growth. That's Give them good. some grace space. But grace is uh, giving them, you know, forgiveness and love. Right. Uh, grace is more than just uh, divine favor. It is, but it requires both. Would you say that? Like yeah, it requires truth, grace, grace and truth. And truth yeah. Because some people, this is where I, I challenge some of you. And this was me. I was just, I mean, come on. I came from a ministry that was called True Ministries. It was a lot of truth. And mostly only truth. Some grace. But more truth than grace. But really, the human heart needs both. But then we've got some people that say, I just got to keep it real. You ever heard that before? So it's always just truth. Look at some people are laughing like, oh my gosh, that's me. That's true. But the person who's the recipient of just your truth gets pushed away when your relationship to them is only truth. Come on. All the, all the parents ought to say amen. Like, yes, you're always about truth, but, but you're never about grace. A healthy relationship, a balanced covenant relationship, and what I found in me and your relationship, there is a boatload of truth, but there's also a boatload of grace. What you like to call grace space. Let me finish reading this. It says that a witness came out and cried out and said, this is of whom it was said, he who comes after me, this is John the Baptist, is preferred before me. And he was before me, and of his fullness we have all received 
grace for grace. It never said truth for truth. It said grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So that's a lot of grace, 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 like a double mantle of grace. And why I've seen this covenant relationship work, and I have other covenant relationships, I have a good relationship with Dean and there's others, but it requires grace and truth. Everybody say grace, grace. and truth. True. Yeah, yeah. How many want to see in their lives more intimate relationships, like covenant relationships, like people that... You can actually trust when they wound you. They're doing it out of care and love, but you're experiencing both grace and truth. We want that. It is, we were designed by God. I was thinking about this this morning. We were designed with very specific wiring. And you and I have very common basic needs. Would you like to hear a couple of them? A need to be accepted by God and people. You can try to run from it. A, A huge part of this was neglected in me in my early years. See, my mother was very loving, very, she still is very touching, very, very accommodating, almost to a fault. But once I was off on my own in my teens, I didn't have like godly close relationships. So that part of my life was neglected for a very long time. Can I throw in one thing? But, but not just accepted, but to be seen, to be heard, That's right. to be known and to be understood and valued. That's right. That's acceptance right there. That's acceptance in a nutshell. Isn't that good? So a need to be loved by God and you actually have a need, whether you know it or not, to worship God. So that's accepting him as well, but also being needed, understood, and listen, safe. And all the ladies said, amen to security. Yes, there's there's that human need, but it goes beyond that beyond God and beyond like that, beyond the physical between husband and wife, beyond even, it goes into this emotional bond that every human heart, every man needs. And this is where men struggle more than women, a need to have covenant relationships with other people of the same sex. And all the church said, amen. Yes. And, and that's how we're built by God. It is innately put in us as a little boy or a little girl. Is that right? Yeah. So, so I was thinking about what covenant relationship looks like and like ways to go about having a covenant relationship. And there's a scripture I thought of and I wrote down the process of reconciliation in a covenant relationship. Like, can you kind of describe in a nutshell how maybe me and you have learned to reconcile differences? Uh, Yes. First, I want to say this. Uh, He and I were talking this morning a little bit about this, but how many familiar with... um, Proverbs, uh, I forget what it is, 27 something, it says, iron sharpens iron. Uh, You know, when there's iron sharpening iron, there's sparks uh, flying. And and so as I was studying about covenant uh, uh, yesterday, Kazani said we were going to do this, so I'm just getting my mind filled up. You know, I realized that the doorway for covenant... There, there's a doorway to enter into covenant relationship. And you, 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 you have to pass through that, do- that doorway. And in fact, What's I, that think, doorway? I think instead of a doorway, I, I would like to call it a hallway because <laughs> it's pretty long. <laughs> to and get, narrow. Uh, and narrow, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Talk but, about it, that. but it's called conflict. 
Wow. Don't say that word. Wow. Conflict is the doorway or the hallway to get to covenant relationship of, of a committed, I, I'm, I got your back no matter what. Hell or high water, I got your back. You know, that, that's, that's a Don't covenant relationship. Huh? I'm just teasing. That's really good. Can you talk about that? What does that look like? So, so yeah, and that's, that was the beginning. What was the question? Of so, the so you said that is the doorway. <laughs> I messed him up. Yeah. So you said it's not even a door. Conflict is, is, a, is a hallway that leads to covenant relationship. Like, what does that look like in a healthy relationship? Conflict and then resolution. What does that look like? So that looks like, um, and, and I can relate to my marriage with Cheryl, too, and, and, and Donnie both. We've been married 33 years, right? Huh? 38. Wow. Weren't those other years? <laughs> you, 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 you. Oh, no, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm really in trouble. <laughs> Talk You're about conflict. Hungry. Oh, no. <laughs> Somebody rescue me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What is, the, what is the importance? You better be careful because you might not have lunch when you get home. Listen, what, what does that do? What does conflict so, do in the relationship? So, so yeah, with, with Donnie and I, we, we, like he said, we, we haven't always agree, agreed on things. And, you know, I used to be... Very, kind of pushy with things. Kind of? Uh, <laughs> and, and, and sometimes I would forget that I mentioned it, and then, and then he would say, you already mentioned that uh, five times or something. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, here, it's, it's like, I don't know, I, we have a way to get under each other's skin in, in the past. You know, and and guess what? There's there's a devil. That's right. That they're they're called familiar spirits because they're familiar with both of you, and so they're going to talk whisper, about that. Where they're going to whisper in your ear what Donnie thinks. This he yes. thinks he thinks you're dumb. You don't know. Or or, or Donnie says, what is wrong with that? I told him. You know, and and so the devil's playing back and forth, whispering back. He does this in marriages a lot. You know, they're called familiar spirits. That know your that know your personality and what triggers you. Yeah, triggering. Talk about that. Uh, yeah, the yeah, the triggers. Yeah. So he he knows what makes you trigger. Like let's say Stephanie or not just not do Stephanie. Yeah, let's just let's let's just uh, use uh, just say somebody has rejection. I'll, I'll take your idea. I like that. They 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 get rejected very easily. And words of affirmation are very important to them. And maybe even they had a father that uh, was verbally abusive. Now, because they didn't get their love needs met as a child with words of affirmation, now there's a soul battle to get that need satisfied. And so they have an expectation, an unspoken communicated expectation on people to feed me affirmation to be kind, be nice to me, but they can't speak it because their voice was shut down in childhood. And so they're afraid to speak what they want. So they expect you to be a mind reader. And, and so they, uh, the so enemy good. plays back and forth. And yes. so Don, the, the, the enemy will whisper in like in Donnie's ear or in your spouse's ear 
to do the very thing that you're afraid of, will, even Job said, the very thing I fear will come upon me. And it's because fear is drawing that, that we have these walls of guarding our heart. That's right. And so the very thing we fear does come upon us because we open the door by our fears to the enemy to whisper in that other person's life to do what we're afraid of. That's so good. And it happens. That's so good. Yeah. And that's called ungodly soul tie, too. So the enemy is constantly strategizing, strategizing against us to come between covenant relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's the power of the of agreement. There's there's spiritual principles with everything. I think there are spiritual principles and keys. Remember when we taught on keys before, like keys of the kingdom, like how there's different keys, right? Say different keys. There's different keys in God's kingdom. Remember when he said Jesus said to Peter, he said, "Behold, I give you the." He didn't say a key. He said keys. There's keys to healing. There's keys to deliverance. There are keys to like mountain moving faith. Well, one of the keys in relationship is honesty, transparency without ostracizing the other person. That's what, that's why you say it's a narrow, long hallway. It's because it is a journey. And just the word covenant. When I think about covenant, I think of blood because when Jesus died, he shed his blood and he said, behold, this is the new, good job. The new covenant in my what? In order, this is what I'm getting from the Spirit of the Lord right now, in order for us to have close, intimate, godly friendships and relationships, blood will be shed. Not physically. But, but hear me, hear me. It will cause, you will have to bleed over it. That's why it says iron sharpens iron. What do you think in those combat when iron is sharpening iron? You don't think somebody gets nicked on the hand, nicked on the wrist, and blood will happen, but it's... But it's through that, you know what one thing that you have taught me? People conflict. Like you can still, just because we don't eat the same foods, we don't like the same colors or like the same vehicles, or we even don't even worship to the same music. We have shown that relationships can be healthy and not just healthy and strong, but surpass even other relationships where they may seem that they have things in common. As long as you have one spiritual thing in common, Jesus. Yes. Amen. Big amen. Yeah. And so blood will be shed. And when I think of covenant, I think of it's going to cost something. Relationships will, it will cost extra effort. It'll cost extra phone calls. It costs extra time. It costs you looking inside and saying, you ever talk to somebody and it's like they have a goiter on their head and you're like, yes, this is an issue with your life. And you're trying to give them maybe not grace, but truth. And they don't see the goiter. And you're like, I'm looking at it right now. You lie to me all the time. Like it really does happen. And they're in complete denial. You, you never dealt with anybody like that? Has anybody ever dealt with someone you've talked to and like they just don't realize that they do a certain thing, right? But everybody sees it but them. You have to pretend that you do that like, and really internally look in yourself like, maybe I do this. Like, Do you remember when, when Jesus, this is coming to me now, remember when Jesus was in the garden or he was talking to Peter and Peter was like, I will die for you, Jesus. And he says, before the, before the rooster crows three times, you'll deny me. Remember that? Peter didn't even realize there was still a denial in him. There was still a weakness in him, but Jesus knew it. So you almost have to treat yourself like, I know I have a weakness 
and it is my job, not the other person's job, to identify this weakness. Can I, can I tell you one of these weaknesses I've recently discovered about myself? It is my greatest sin, I would say. I would say. Public, it's right out there. I don't have any private ones, thank the Lord Jesus. Not that I'm aware of. But one thing is I have been guilty of is over-promising and under-delivering. You know, even as a pastor, sometimes you're like, I'm going to do this, and you have every good intention, but then a thousand things drop on your schedule. And then I start to see that has wounded people over time. And now that my responsibility has grown, like that's an area of my life. And I could just say, well, I'm just busy. Well, and make a thousand excuses for it. But a covenant relationship requires introspect of, I have to change this about me, Rick, because I have promised you I was going to be there for your birthday and I didn't show up. Or I have promised you that I was going to do this for you and I was going to be there. Covenant says, I'm going to go after this thing in me, that thing that's hurting this relationship, and I'm going to destroy it so that our relationship can thrive and get stronger and stronger and stronger. And one thing, one else... One other thing, too, is it's not a one-way relationship because talking about my need, my unfulfilled childhood need, you know, it's one-sided. It's all about your need. If it's all about your need constantly being fed and the soul never gets satisfied, then, then it's a constantly feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. That's right. And take, 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 rather than it's a two-way street of giving. Even when I don't like something, especially in marriage, you have to do things with your spouse and your children that you don't like doing because it's a two-way street. Otherwise, otherwise it's narcissism. That's really good. <laughs> you know what? Can, I, can, I, can I say this? Yeah, yeah. This is, I feel that this needs to be said. I know this may seem like a bunny trail. Many reasons why many of us do not grow spiritually and find a, like, it's in a, I'm talking about in a church context now. This is not a plug. This is an observation as a pastor. Do you want to grow? Is this okay? Is this, is this okay? I have found this out. The Lord taught me this key early on that I knew I would not grow if I didn't plug myself in somewhere. And my default is to walk into a room and the first time something is either theologically like questionable or the culture wasn't what I wanted to be, I was ready to go find another church. Many people hop around and never, ever grow. They're like, they're like a plant. They, they, they go out and they're like, no, I don't, I don't really feel it's, it's not perfect for them. So they take themselves, they uproot themselves and go from the next pot to the next pot to the next pot. And they never get rooted. Why? They have not found covenant relationship in the house of the Lord. Yes. Covenant relationship says, no matter what. One reason I feel that I'm walking in my calling now is I made this covenant with God. You want to hear what I told the Lord behind the scenes? With every ministry that I've ever been a part of, and there's not been many, I said, no matter what, they're going to have to throw me out of here. I'm being halfway funny. I said, I'm going to be committed if I felt this is from you, Lord, I'm going to be committed. And they literally have to like oust me. And I'm going to be stay committed to this because listen, that's why even in marriage, it says till death do us part because the Lord knew that you were going to hit different seasons. There's, there's four seasons, right? We have winter. Every relationship will have it. Every relationship will have spring. Everything's great. 
They show up to all my parties. I, never, I always get along with them, but don't let spring fool you because summer's coming. The heat is coming. Okay? It's going to, some things are going to, you're going to get scorched. They may say some things that you don't like. They may, but you're in covenant. You don't allow the, the you don't throw 20 years away and let it get burned to the ground because there's a disagreement. You, you don't allow it. You fight for it. You bleed for it because why? We're in covenant. Say it's a covenant. And right, if, if summer didn't burn you, don't worry. Fall's coming for you. You might have a falling out. It's my preacher's side coming out now. There may be some type of falling out, but just because there is a falling out doesn't mean we have the right to break covenant. We're in covenant. And this is how I really feel so strongly that it, it's, we got to get past hooping and hollering in the house of the Lord and can't get along with our brother and our sister. We have to love. We have to bleed. Let them be honest with you, brutally honest, and you be brutally honest with yourself and then ask permission to be brutally honest with them. And we've done that many times. And can you see how the Lord has, has taken us? Like, just with Him. Like, even when we go to connect with the Lord, can you tell how much easier it is? Because it says this in the Scripture. Let me say this. I want to hear what you have to say about it. One of, one of another favorite Scripture in the Bible that I have, it's in Little John. And it says, If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have what? With who? Did you hear that? And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light, we're in the light right now, right? As he, Jesus, is in the light. Say Jesus. He goes on to say that, he doesn't say you're doing good. He says, what is a symptom of you walking in the light? Fellowship. Fellowship with who? Say it in your mic. You got a mic. Fellowship. Fellowship. With who? With Jesus. No, with one another. It with says, one another, yeah. if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Yeah. So listen to this. The fact that we are thriving in a relationship together is a sign that we're close to Jesus. Yeah. And a sign that you're not close to Jesus is when you are not in covenant relationship with people. Yeah. Amen. That is the sure sign. Yes. That if, if we can't love God who we can't see, if if we can't love our brother who we can see, how can we love God who we can't see? Are you seeing it? I'm talking about covenant relationship. What do you think about that verse? Fellowship with one another. Yes. Is that what covenant relationship does? Yeah. It creates fellowship yeah, with Yeah, I one agree. Another. It's, you know, about John 15, you know, abiding in the vine. It's good. You know, because here's how I say that scripture in Mark 12, verse 30 and 31. This is the way I've... I've uh, because I got a revelation. Here's how I say it. I say it from the Rick Watts version. So, love the Lord your God with all your... <laughs> Sorry, Dean. Hold on. <laughs> love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Good. And here's the, here's, here's the key part. And love your neighbor as your God-loved self. Love your neighbor as your God-loved self. Because uh, if, if you don't have, if you don't love yourself and you're not receiving love from God, you're not going to, you're going to love your, that's the problem with the world. We're loving, we're loving our neighbor as our unloved self. Because there's, there's an epidemic of 
self-hatred, self-disappointment, self-disapproval. That's and good, so right? we, are, we are loving our neighbors ourselves. We're, we are obeying that commandment, but that's not what, the way he meant. To, to receive love from the Father so that you can love your neighbor as your God-loved self. Wow. That, that's, that's the powerful. revelation the Holy Spirit gave me. That's powerful. And you, so you can't, in other words, you can't love your neighbor uh, the way that God wants you to love if you're not in love with Jesus as the bridegroom. you got to know him as the intimate bridegroom. Yes, a lot of people know him as Jesus, the man that walked the earth, but do you know him as Jesus, the intimate, affectionate bridegroom who's coming for a spot and wrinkle-free, offense-free bride? That's a powerful verse that you just shared. Can I, can I piggyback on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So, so when you just brought up, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, this is how we talk in private, by the way. We just dialogue. Are you guys enjoying this? Okay. So when we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That's what all unrighteousness, excuse me. So, so there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a step, right? Say there's a step. When we walk in the light, that's important. Then we have fellowship with one another. And then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And then you just brought up the scripture that says the two greatest commandments. Jesus said all the commandments hang on these two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as... Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, here's why I think people struggle. So those two scriptures are, for me, they're married. I feel like in order, when you were mentioned, I was calling you all the time and you stopped answering. You didn't stop answering. That was a joke. True, I'm sure you wanted to at times. I'm sure, because I was trying to get fellowship I knew would bring that kind of transparency would in my own personal life. Like I don't, I don't hinge my freedom on anybody. You, that's what you have to get. It is up to you. Like whether or not the blood of Jesus gets there. So my transparency, I knew this. If I would be transparent enough I didn't care about if he shared it with anybody because I knew that would ultimately bring freedom to me, right? What I shared, just being completely transparent. And this is why people do not grow is because they're always in receptive mode and they're always guarding themselves. Is this person going to teach something? It could be church. Are they going to teach something that's not good? Or is this, are they going to wound me? This, this, this close relationship, is it going to wound me? Is it going to hurt me? It's again, you got to think about it. It's all me centered instead instead of laying all that down and loving them as yourself and as a result growth ensues by the holy spirit because when you're holding something in your hand in defensive mode you can't receive when you lay the sword down when you lay your life down in the relationship god somehow i don't know starts freeing you we've experienced that in our in our friendship and this is, this is a scripture I want to close with. It's and about laying down the needs. Laying down our need and looking out for the and need. And your expectations and visions. Yeah, Have you experienced growth? Can, as can I say some, one thing about that? I was looking for the right place to say that. So I've been in ministry. I've been a believer 45 years. been in ministry about 43 years. Not full-time, but uh, there was a time I wasn't full-time. But uh, just no matter where I am, I, I'm... Even when as a maintenance man at different places, I was always looking for like a, 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 
person to, to minister to. So um, about, about a month or, or maybe two months, I don't know how long ago, I lose track of time, but uh, uh, recently I was really praying, spending some quality time just fasting and praying, seeking the Lord. And uh, he told me, he said, Rick, uh, you've had enough time uh, in ministry. You've had your turn. It's, it's time to, uh, how did he word it? I'm sorry. Um, basically, he said, you've had your turn in ministry. It's, I've sent you here to be a support. And I saw these, I saw these when I was praying, I saw these pillars here because I'm around him all day. He said, I sent you to be a support for Donnie and this young generation. You've had your turn. Uh, uh, so, in other words, give up your desires, your plans, and support this man, and I will meet your needs. Wow. And that's really what it is in any relationship. So good, Rick. We're so, so focused on getting our needs met that we don't give into the relationship and and because when you push your relate when you push your needs, I gotta get it, gotta get 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 it, and driving, dr- hurting people to get your needs met, you never are satisfied, and you get it, uh, and open the door to demons and all that stuff. But when you surrender and say, I don't care if I ever get that need met, then God meets the needs supernaturally when you're not looking. So true. And, and that's, it's so true, and yeah, it really, it yeah, really brings how, it. Go ahead. That's all a part. All this is a part going down that long hallway to covenant relationship. Yeah, I want to close. I want to close with this scripture. You guys can stand to your feet. I want to minister to you for just a second. Okay, just be a minute. Did you guys like this? It's different. This wasn't planned at all. I told him yesterday. I said, "Hey, can I just interview?" We kind of off the cusp. Hope this was okay. But what you're saying, everything that you're saying, we've talked about, and we could go on a long time about this because there's so much meat. We were going to talk about David and Jonathan, the covenant relationship. He loved him more than his own soul. There's so many different directions we can go. Um, Let's stand up so that people can see us here. But there's a scripture I wanted to end with. Stay here with me, would you? There's a scripture that hinges everything that we've talked about this morning. And, And Jesus coined it in John chapter 15, verses 9 through 15. Here's what it said. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and your joy may be full. So in other words, he's saying, obey me in this. What is is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Many people are not happy and they have no joy because they're not obeying this command. They're not loving their neighbor as their self. Are you hearing me? He said, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. And I quote, do you see that? He's saying, this is why you're not having any joy is because you're in this relationship to get something out of it instead of contributing something to it. You're not loving your neighbor as yourself. You're robbing yourself of joy because it's a spiritual key. Say it's a key. This is my commandment. Listen, this is verse runs on to say this. This is my commandment in case we didn't get it on the front end why we don't have joy. And this is my commandment that you love one another. 
I just got that through the scripture. That you may love one another as I have loved you. Greater love, what does that love look like? What does it look like? Greater love has no one than this, than to lay one's life down for his covenant relationship. I don't have to have it my way. And you didn't stop me from playing my gospel song this morning. I didn't even hear about it. Covenant relationship. I still let you play your instrumentals, even though I don't like them all. I'm just making it practical for them. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay one's life down for his friends. And then Jesus said, I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. In other words, here's what Jesus was saying right there. Jesus was giving a secret to life in Christianity. The secret to joy is covenant relationship and to lay one's life down for his friends. And I, and I pray, and I want to pray for all of you. I, I, first of all, Lord, I pray that if there is anything infringing on your people's covenant relationships, relationships, I, I just sense so strongly that there are relationships that God has ordained and people are either about to throw away or already have thrown away. Father, I pray that the convicting power of the Holy Spirit would touch every person under the sound of my voice. And if they're not in this room, and maybe it's the other person who's throwing a relationship away that's in this room. Lord, I pray that for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and the restoration power of the Holy Spirit would touch these relationships. And for that person who doesn't have a relationship, Lord, I pray that you would show them where that relationship should start. Even if it's connecting with this ministry or connecting with someone here or outside of here, that would bring life to them, that would bring joy to them because you said... Do this so that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Covenant relationships. Lord, I pray a blessing and a birthing. Yeah, I feel that from the Lord. A, I pray a blessing over and I pray a birthing of covenant relationships. A, a covenant relationship. I pray that even in this room, they would begin to spawn and your people would be able to enjoy the, the, the love and the joy that comes out of covenant friendship, covenant relationship. That is my prayer for you. And I rebuke right now. I don't want you to help me to pray this. I rebuke every satanic plan to, that would destroy relationships in this room in Jesus name. Whatever's causing a great divide, whatever's causing friction, quarreling, arguing, backbiting, twisting of words, uh, false expectations, ungodly expectations, every single thing. Yes, Lord, I hear that. I just heard the Lord remind me of the scripture. This is why the enemy's name in the Bible is called the accuser of the brethren. He's an accuser. He comes to still kill and destroy, even relationships. So right now, Lord, I pray fire down on the enemy's plans and his strategies that would try to steal and destroy friendships, relationships, even long-term relationships. And Father, we pray a blessing and a birthing over godly relationships. And I believe that's what you're about to enter into as well. Like you're, you're about to be born into what you're going, you're going to see. Your, your heart is going to see Bryce, what covenant friendship and relationship truly looks like. Have you been feeling that starting to unfold? You will see it more. You will see it more. And I pray that for all of you, because our heart so desperately needs it. And I just pray that right now in Jesus name. I, I, I want to pray 
for marriages that because this is what I heard as Donnie was praying. I, I heard that some of you have been married a long time, but even in your marriage, you don't have a covenant relationship. It's, it's wow. even some of you, your marriage is like two, two living with, you're just two roommates together rather than intimate. And so, Lord, I just pray that, that every wall of division in yes. marriages, in the name of Jesus, I command those demonic walls of, 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 of beliefs and dis, ungodly beliefs, decisions, attitudes, moods, mood swings, uh, everything that has built a wall of division, of, of expectations of each other failing in one another, I break off all of that in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ even the walls of pride, the, 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 even, even the, that lie that, I, that says, I have a right to be right. I, I say, let go of your right to be right. And I decree the blood of Jesus over yes. all marriages. I even break off every Leviathan twisting spirit that would try to twist and twist conversations and twist the life flow out of marriages. I, I just bind and break and cast out of every marriage in this body and even in our families, those that we're believing for. I, I, I bind you demonic spirits. I break off all witchcraft, curse, hex, vex, spell, voodoo, incantation, demonic prayers, activities against marriages, demonic activities, and all the, all the works of darkness against marriages. We break it off by the covenant blood of redemption of Jesus Christ and the name of Jesus. And we just declare a new, a new beginning and even a new expectation on the minds of all you who are married. I just declare a new expectation of your spouse, a new hope, a new belief system, to a new beginning. I, I say, let there be a reset, Lord, in marriages for renewal. In the name of Jesus, just make a way, even for them to get away and date, to have a date. Some of you have never even had a date in a while. I'm, I'm, I'm think I'm guilty of that too. But, but Lord, I just uh, uh, pray, Lord God, that you would just make a way in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977 interested in hearing more check back weekly for new messages have a great day